0: what you default back to. And what will happen? You'll have a choice. You'll face a choice and you'll go back to, well, it's just easier to stay home tonight and just watch TV and not go, and not, not do something. It's just so, so it's the, the uh, easy way. Maybe it's the winning way. Maybe your dominant life is a winning way. I want to succeed. I want to do it. And so there, you're going to try to control life and maybe control others in order to win, in order to succeed. And that's what you default back to when you have a decision, when you're facing something. Maybe it's the glory way. Maybe it's uh, this, this tendency you have to go back to, and what's going to bring me the most glory? What's going to bring me the most uh, fame? And you move that. We all have something like that that we sort of default back to. But I wanna look, we want to look at the Scripture, and we want to talk about what God says should be your number one goal. And he's pretty clear about it in the Scripture. Um, he's gonna, it, it's going to be about love. It's about learning to love. It's about learning how to really have the right relationship with God and with others. You know, one day Jesus was walking down the street and a guy came up to him and asked him, What's the most important thing, Jesus? What's the most important thing in all the Bible? What's the one thing that, that, that stands out among all the rest? And Jesus made this statement. It's called the Great Commandment. It's in Mark chapter 12. Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself, there are no commands more important than these he 's saying love is your number one goal, your number one aim at life. Life is all about God puts you on this earth, and life is all about learning how to love how to love God with all we are and how to love everybody else that's what these guys are here for that 's what make love your highest aim and your highest Goal. That's why you're alive. That's why when you became a Christian, He didn't just take you into heaven right away. He put you here to learn how to love, how to love Him, and how to love others. And someday, uh, it, it's like when you're Earth is are we're, we're in a we're in a test. We're like in a classroom. We're like a laboratory. And some and we don't want to flunk that test. And That test is going to be about how well you learned to love others. There's a there's a scripture 1st Corinthians 16:14. Uh it says everything you do must be done in love. Everything you do must be done in love. Now what does that include? Everything. That is nothing that What does that mean when you write an email? you write your emails <laughs> in love? Yeah, it does. Maybe put it put something on your computer and say Put that verse on your computer. Everything you do do to be done in love. Everything must be done. In love. Does it mean when you go to a fast food restaurant? Uh, and and you're you're going through the drive-through, and they have that crackly voice on there, and you can't understand them. They can't understand you, and they're kind of, you're kind of. I know, I I hate those kind of things. I, I I get so irritated. In fact, when I have my my whole family in the car, I always kind of drive up so the back window gets to be where that thing is. I don't want to talk to the people because I can't hear it, and they can't do it. And I got kind of to get everybody's orders right, and I just kind of get driving crazy. And uh, so I kind of um, escape that temptation, I guess. Uh, or maybe it's when, when in that situation, we do everything we do, we do it with love. And we'll see, God talks about love, being patient and kind, and even in a situation like that. How do we, how do, we do everything in love when people are trying to control us, and when people are trying to, to uh, do things that, that make us, uh, would typically make us angry? We've got to learn to respond in love. If you don't, if you don't learn to love, you're missing the point of life. Today we're going to start this 40 days of journey. It's going to be about love. What matters most is, is love. And we look at it. We're we'll going to start out with a little definition of love because it's confusing. Right now in America, love is a very kind of confusing kind of thing. You think we throw the word around a lot, the word love. What's in different ways we use the word love? Oh, okay, things like, uh, you know, I love hot dogs. You know, I love salsa. I love Krispy Kreme. You know, I love God. I love America. I love my wife. You know, we, we make love, we, we talk about all these things. We use love in so many different ways and not necessarily in that order and, and not you know, understand really what it means. But love, when we, when we look at it in, in the Greek, uh, in the, what the New Testament is written in, there's three words for love. One is eros, and that has to do with, a lot of times when people get confused with love, and that has to do with the sexual aspects of of, 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 of love, and it's used that way. Another word is philio, and uh, that's where we get the word philadelphia. You know what Philadelphia means—the city of brotherly love—and uh, so, so it's just, it's kind of that brotherly kind of family love that you have. Can you really close somebody and they, you kind of get you know, get along in the family? But there's another word in the New Testament that uh, is used. Very commonly, it's a major word that's used for love. And it's the word agape. You don't have to necessarily remember all the Greek words. But it's an important word because it was kind of coined and used by the, by the Christians. And what that means is a special kind of love. It's God's kind of love. It's not just a brotherly love. It's not the sexual love. It's this unconditional, it's this sacrificial, it's this giving of your life away to other kind of love. And it's a kind of love that it loves in spite of, not because of. Even if you don't deserve this love, it's gracious and it's loving, even in that. And it's an it's, it's amazing thing. And that's what we're going to be talking about. We're talking about that kind of love. And how do we get that in our life? How do we express that to each other? How do we express that in our in our families, at work, wherever we are at? So there's four things we're going to talk about in that. First of all, we love because God loves us. We love because God loves us. In your little uh, listening guy outline, there's some blanks and the other goes in that. And the, the, the scripture there is 1 John four nineteen. 19. Oh, we, we love because God first loved us. just basically says the same thing. Circle, because God first loved us. He takes the initiative. He loves us and He gives us love and we are become, and if we experience and we are filled with His love, then, when we're filled with His love, then we have love to be able to give to others. We love because He first loved us. He cares of us. He he showed that love to us a lot of ways. By sending his son to die on the cross, by creating us, by providing for the very breath that we can live we we, we, we breathe. He has shown us his love. He's given us his love. And we need to realize it though. We can know it in our heads. A lot of people know about that. You could say, Oh yeah, I know that, John. But we have to experience his love. We have to experience his forgiveness. We have to go beyond just intellectual knowledge and we have to know that in order to have the kind of love to learn to love with God's love. We want to experience it. Sometimes people are judgmental. They're mean-spirited. They're angry. They put others down. And one of the reasons they do that is because they don't feel loved. They don't feel good about themselves. And so, therefore, they, they have a hard time making other people feel good about themselves. And it's just a very common thing. Uh, that we see the problem. What you need to receive His love. During this 40 Days of Love series, we we'll are talking about this kind of theme all along. And we need, God needs to do, we're going to ask God to do some healing in our hearts. Because, frankly, we've all been hurt. You've been hurt by some people. You can't be living this life without having been hurt some, by somebody. Maybe it's a, uh, an ex-husband or wife or a child who rebels against you. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's a... Uh, uh, a friend, maybe it was a church member. Ooh, who would that be? I don't think it's happened in our church yet too much. I don't think there's a lot of that going on. We're still new. We're still in our honeymoon stage here, so it hadn't been a lot of that. We're still, uh, but, uh, but but we've been hurt. And how do we deal with those hurts? And if we, if God heals our heart, then we're able to begin to love others. You see, you can't give to others what you don't have yourself. Like, if I didn't have any money in my wallet... I don't know if I have any today. I haven't checked with my wife. She always makes sure I have money or I don't. I am But if I didn't have any money in my wallet, somebody asked me, ask me for the money. I didn't have any. I couldn't give it to you, could I? But if I receive something, if she puts money in my wallet and you come and ask money, I could give you some money. I can't give you what I don't have. If you don't experience God's love, you don't have God's love. We're like that tube of toothpaste we've talked about in other contexts. And whatever is inside... When life squeezes you, when the pressure gets on, what's inside comes out. If anger is inside and unforgiveness and bitterness and that, then that's going to come out of your mouth. Jesus says, the mouth speaks out fills the heart. And so you're squeezed, and that's what comes out. If you're experiencing God's love in your life and His forgiveness and His grace, then you're squeezed. And now more of that's going to come out, more patience, more love, more... You're going to give other people, you're going to cut them a little bit of slack... You're going to be more gracious because you have the right thing inside. We try to do the techniques. Oh, i got to learn to do this. I got to learn. But, you know, it really all comes from the inside. You've got to experience God and you've got to have his love in your heart to be able to really respond. And especially to respond correctly to people who aren't very loving towards you. They aren't responding well to you. They're doing mean stuff to you. They're still hurting you. How do you love them? It's easy to love somebody when they're loving you and they're really nice. And they're just doing everything for you. That's easy to love that person. It's not so easy to love somebody if they're not responding to your love. They're not responding to your action, but they're, they're actually saying mean stuff to you and, and doing stuff to you and ripping you off in various ways. Those are the people we still are called to love. We're to love even our enemies. And God can help us to do that. In 1 John uh, 4, 16, it says, We know and rely on the love that God has for us. We rely on that. We know it. We experience it. We know it. Do you know it? Do you know His love? And then we rely upon that love. Because that's the love, if it's in us, can help us to love those outside of us. If we experience it and we know it. That's sort of the key. The second thing the Bible teaches about love is that love is a choice in a commitment. Love is a choice in a commitment. You choose to love, you choose not to love. It's a choice. There's a myth that we think that love is sort of this uncontrollable thing that just sort of happens to you. It's sort of... But, you know, that's really not not the way it is. In fact, even our language, we say, we fall in love, don't we? It's like... A, love's a ditch and you fell in it I mean you can't help it you just kind of it's uncontrollable you just fell in love but but you know that's not necessarily love that, now that may be attraction that may be arousal that may be something that—that—that that's that, that going on but that's not necessarily love because love is a choice and we'll see in a minute love is an action you can't force somebody to fall in love with you you can't force somebody to love you because love's a choice it can't be for us, and that's true of all relationships. It's true with your relationship with God, with us. It says in Deuteronomy thirty, it says, "Choose to love the Lord your God, and commit yourself to Him. Choose to love, commit yourself to Him." Same thing other way. You choose to love people. Uh, any of you remember? Any of you ever see the movie Bruce Almighty? Pretty funny movie. I, I can't. I don't agree with all the theology in it, but there were a few a few decent points in it. One decent point in that movie was that when Jim Carrey. You know, he, he, he became God, if you haven't seen the movie. He became God, and you can picture Jim Carrey being God. But he had a girlfriend, and his girlfriend wasn't loving him because he had been a jerk all his life, and she wasn't loving him, right? And so he, as God, he could do all this miraculous stuff. But one thing he couldn't do, he couldn't make her love him. Remember that in the movie? Well, God has set up the universe that way. I mean, he's all powerful. He could do anything. But he set it up for human beings that, that he made us that we have to choose to love him. He did not make us robots that were forced to love him. We have to make the choice. Ourselves. So he limited himself in that way in saying that we need to love him. So love is a choice that we need to make. Um, people say, you know, I, I, don't, I don't love her anymore. Well, you know, as if you don't have any choice. I don't love her anymore. I don't love him anymore. Like we don't have a choice. Well, that's not quite correct. You do have a choice on whether you love him or not. You can learn to love people. You can choose to love people. You know, in most societies, America is a little bit unusual. A lot of societies, they have arranged marriages. I spent a lot of time in India and done stuff in India. They have arranged marriages. The people that kind of get married, they don't even know each other sometimes before they get married. And what do they do? They, They learn to love each other. They choose to love each other. They choose to serve and to give. You remember Fiddler on the Roof? A great scene in that. I'd, I'd love to show the clip, but I will not have time this morning. But but you know, we we learn to love one another, and um, so choose to do that. Now, the third thing about love is that love is an action, not just an emotion. Now, we said it's, it's more than attraction, it's more than arousal, it's not just a sexual thing that's going on. It's something that you do, it's an action, it's something that you do. Love is a behavior. It's not just an emotion. Now, it can cause emotions. In fact, some of the strongest emotions you'll ever feel will be because of love. You know, on the positive and the negative. I mean, when you love, I mean, that, that, you know, one person get under my skin, the people I love the most. My kids, I love them terribly, but they can get out my skin faster than anything. So negative emotion comes because of love, and also positive emotion come, can, can come from love. So emotion is tied with love, but it's not. It can produce... love can produce emotion, but it is not just emotion. And now, why do we say that? Why do I believe that? And uh, I think the Bible talks about over and over again. It, God commands us to love one another, doesn't He? Now, if it's a command... I mean, how do you, if it's just an emotion, how can you command somebody to emote something? You can't command that. It's got to be a choice. It's got to be an action. See, you can't tell a little kid, you know, you're, you're, you're sad right now. Be happy. You know, a kid, I mean, how, how does he just turn on and be happy? Oh, I'm trying, Daddy. I'm trying, Mom. I just, I'm just not happy inside. You know, it's just kind of like you, you can't just be happy. You can't just love with emotion. But you can make choices. Love, because love is an action. Love is an action. It's things that you can something. It's something you do. First John three eighteen shows this point. It says, "Let us love not with word and with tongue, not just you know do what we talk about, but let us love with action. In truth, make choices to love, to lay your life down, to help, to act in love. You say you love people. Well, do you do the actions that show you love people? It's one thing to say it; it's another thing to actually. Do it. Love is something you do. Actually, when you when you love somebody, when you don't feel like it, when you do a loving action when you don't feel like it, that's one of the highest forms of love. I mean, uh, we, we have little kids. Some of you have had children. Kids are waking up in the middle of the night with little babies. They're waking up in the middle of the night, and you're going, you're feeding them, and you're changing them, and you're doing that kind of stuff. Now, you don't feel like doing that, do you? Your mom's have kids. You don't feel like doing that, but you do it because you you choose to do it because you love them. Love is an action. It's not necessarily the feeling. It's one of the highest forms of love. My wife, one uh, time we were helping some people that were very poor, and it uh, was just a terrible thing. We did a lot of different things, but one of the things I remember, I can picture there, and these little boys, they were like three, five, six years old, and their hair was just completely filled with lice and lice eggs, <laughs> and so she was there. Cutting their hair for them and cleaning their and, and, and shaving their hair off and cutting their hair and getting those lice, and, lice eggs and stuff all over herself. Like and she did not feel like doing that, did she? Not at all. But because of love, she took the action and she loved. Love is an action. Second thing about love is that it's always easier to act your way into a feeling than it is to feel your way into an action. Did you hear that? It's, 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 it's easier to act your way into a feeling, to, to feel love, to do things that are loving, to act your way into a feeling, than it is to feel your way and feel love into an action. And that's the way it is that feelings follow thoughts and actions. So you have some control. You can make some choices and you can begin to move in some directions. Uh, some of you have marriages, even right now, that uh, truth be told, the, the flame's gone out. They're not feeling a lot of love in the marriage, and uh, you're living there, but you're living sort of in separate houses, separate situations. And, and um, how do you rekindle that romance? How do you get that going? If it's life, it's, if you fell out of love, I can't help it. It's just kind of uncontrollable, or is there something that you can do about it? There's a, there's a scripture about that it's in revelations and uh jesus says um in revelations uh jesus is speaking to a church but the application is for all of us that may have fallen out of love with someone in a relationship where love has gone cold he says this church says you have left your first love then he says three things things for him to do the remedy if you've lost your first love. Some, I know, uh, for me, I struggle as a Christian. When I was a first, a brand new Christian, I mean, I had such a zeal and love for God and just got kind of like that and, and I just I had that and, it's, and sometimes, I was, I've been a Christian now for a long time, 30 some years and I, I get to a place where I begin to love start to grow cold. You know, I, just, I, don't, I don't have the same fee, fervor I had when I was a first, a brand new believer. You, you, anybody had that experience? And what do I do? I have to come back. I remind myself what Jesus said here. I have to come back and um, He says, remember What it was like at first. Think back on it. What was it like when I first committed my life to Christ? When I first fell in love with that person? When we were first dating or whatever the situation is? Repent. Repent just simply means change the mind. Repent. Change your mind the way that you're thinking. And then it says, the important part of this, is do. Do the things you did at the start. Take action. Do things. Make choices. Love is not just an emotion. Love is an action. What Jesus tells the church to do, same a church to do, says the same thing for us and helps us in similar kinds of ways. Uh, any of you have seen the movie Fireproof yet? Encourage you to see it. Some of you saw, we saw it, watched it at the church or at my house one time. Encourage you to watch that movie. Anybody help anybody in a relationship? But in that movie, that's the whole, kind of the whole point of it. The love had grown cold in the marriage, and then the father challenges the son to do loving actions towards his wife. And he just went through the motions for a while and just kind of did it and did the action. But eventually his emotions came around and eventually it went back over. And, you know, you'll, you'll, I'll spoil the whole movie, but uh, there's a sort of a love dare, dare in the book. And there's a book about the love dare where you do actions, loving actions towards somebody, and it helps to rekindle the relationship. So if you don't feel that love, then do something about it. Begin to move and do. With your walk with God, yeah, it's just... So when you don't feel like loving God or loving others, you don't feel like praying, you don't feel like going to church, you don't feel like doing the things God wants you to do, then that's a kind of a test. And what you need to do is you need to do the things that God wants you to do, even though when you don't feel like them. Sometimes you need to do them most when you don't feel like doing them. Sometimes you need to press through and just suck it up and go after it. And do the stuff you know is the right things to do. And during this 40 Days of Purpose, you're going to be getting assignments. Uh, we'll talk some on Sunday morning, but particularly in a book and, and, and your, in your groups and things like that. Assignment. Things to do. Things to practice. Things to improve your love relationship with God and your love relationship with uh, some special people that are in your life. And uh, not just going to be listening, not just going to be going to groups, but there's going to be projects. or things you're going to do to learn how to love. The fourth thing, is the Bible says about love, is that love is a skill and a habit. It's something you can get good at. It's not just something you just you have or you don't have. You can work on this. You can develop love. You can practice it. We want our church, for instance. We want our church to become known not as the you know the church that has a cool band, not just the church that uh, that uh, you know is is close by or does practical messages. We want to be known as a church that loves people. When people come here, they're loved. They're accepted. They're they're embraced. They're they're encouraged. We want to. You know, in that kind of church, that you're loving. We do loving actions towards one another and towards those outside of the church. During this four years purpose, we're going to practice some skills. You practice skills to get better at something. You're practicing the skill of love. It says, it says in 1 Timothy 4, 4.15, it says, practice these things. And in that context of these things goes back to love as one of those things. Practice these things and devote yourself to them in order that your progress... May be seen by all. People will notice what you're doing, and they'll notice that you're more loving than you were before. That you're making more loving actions, and you're you're, you're really you're, you're you're kinder. And so, love is a skill that we practice, and that helps it to become a habit and become the the default mode in our lives. We begin to love others. Uh, you know, the the thing is, is that when love becomes a habit, then it becomes characteristic. Of our lives, people kind of see us and recognize, oh, that's a person who's loving. That's a person who loves. Jesus says uh, in, in John 13, it says, By this all men will know that you're my followers. That means disciples. You're my followers, that you love one another. Love is the badge of being a Christian. It's not wearing a Christian t shirt. It's not putting a bumper sticker on your car. It's not the little fish sign. The sign of a Christian is love, is that you're a loving, person towards those that are around you so how do you develop a habit well you do stuff you practice you do the skill you develop the habit how long does it take to develop a habit well they've done studies on this and they've studied that if you really want to develop a habit do it for about six weeks Every day for six weeks, and you start to move it to a habit. That's why it's no accident we have these 40 days of purpose and 40 days of, of love, because it gives us enough time, those six weeks, enough time if you really focus on it. I mean, you've got to do something with it. You've got to involve yourself in it. But if you really focus on it, you can make real progress. You can develop a habit as you do this. And we want you to develop some habits of love. And we'll be talking about things that will help all of us to move along with that over the next few weeks. There's a little pretest in your outline. You take that out for a second and take a look at that in your program or and they were on fact this is gonna assess your relationship. Just kind of a little test. You don't have to show anything to anybody else, but everybody got a, everybody got a program, you don't have a program, we can get you one. What do you got a program? Uh um in you know, but just assessing, you know, just one to nine, you know, one is poor really a bad relationship. You're just really at each other's throats. Nine is a really great relationship. Nobody has a ten relationship, I don't think. I don't know anybody that does, but you know, you have nines. Uh, and, and from where, where, do you rate, where do you rate your relationship with your spouse? Where do you rate that? How about your children? How do you rate that? Uh, what about marriage prospects? Now, this isn't for you who are married. This is for those who are not married if you have a marriage prospect, okay? So, uh, how, do you, how do you rate that? You have somebody that you're Engaged to her. What's, what's that? What's that relationship like with them right now? In the way, how are you loving them? Parents. Uh, some of you, your parents have died, but you still, if you if you have unforgiveness in your heart, you still might have some things to deal with with a dead parent, because you need to forgive them. And uh, but parents, relatives. What about that aunt or that? That relative, that somebody, maybe there's somebody that's a little difficult along those lines. How, how do you rate that? Co-workers. Neighbors. Pick out a special neighbor or co-worker. Kind of be thinking about them sometimes. I mean, as you're going through this, think about how you can Im- improve your relationship with them. How you can do loving acts towards them. How you can restore that. Maybe the different person or the difficult person. Do you have a difficult person in your life? And we all have some difficult people in our life, don't we? Don't look at anybody, no poking, no, no none of that. All right. But, uh, but, but we all have difficult people in our lives. And how do you love them more? How do we make the choices? How do we win over that thing? Those are, are very important things. So do that pre-test. And at the end, we'll do another test and, 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 and ask you, let's see what you say you do. See if you've made any progress in these six weeks. We hope you have. Um, why don't you listen to a story as we wrap up? As we move to wrapping up here, is um, this came from a, from, a, from a mom who uh, who wrote in and uh, to somebody that just got done doing the forty day of purpose uh, forty days of, uh, of love, and and she had felt really overwhelmed by her children and, and and her schedule responsibilities. This is what she said in a note. It says, "All I seemed to do was nag and bark at and scold my kids incessantly." When I looked at myself, I honestly saw a grouch. Uh, in my tears, I cried out to God. She was reading 1 Corinthians 13 at the time, which is kind of what we'd be doing in our, in our uh, growth groups this week, uh, these weeks. Uh, but one five words, she said, leaped out at her. Without love, I am nothing. So she wrote those words on her refrigerator. She put it in her mirror in the bathroom. She, she put it everywhere, every place she could see. Without love, I'm nothing. Make your highest aim to be love. And um, here's what she said afterwards after doing that. It says, I realized that the, the single most important thing I could do was to love my family. So I began to live my life by the love of Jesus. I began to run my home on love power. It was a transforming as transforming as when I accepted Christ into my life. Focusing on love brought happiness back into my life, into my home. Now, that might have been an extreme case, but, you know, we all have that. When you focus on it, you can, be, you can get better at that. Let me be very blunt. ask you this. How badly do you want to have better relationships? I mean, is it, is it a high goal for you? I mean, is, that, is it maybe your highest goal? How badly do you want to have a good relationship with God and a good relationship with people? Well, it's not going to kind of come if you just kind of, well, yeah, I want that, and you're going to put a little spare time into it. It's going to take you time. It's going to take you energy. You've got to focus on it. As a church, you're going to have some people encourage you to focus on better relationships over the next few weeks. So I encourage you to do that. It's not just, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do it if it doesn't crimp my style, if I don't have to change too much. you know. No, look at Be open before God and, and go to God's Word and let God's Word really work with you. And let it become, let love become your dominant life principle. Your default mode what you go to. Not fun, not glory, not comfort, not safety, not other things. But your default mode is love. What would be the loving thing to do? Now, if we want to do this, very quick, I'll give you five things that we can do. If you really want to be serious about this and want to go after love, there's five things to do. Number one is hear what the Bible says about love. Hear what the Bible says about it. Uh, there's going to be five messages on this theme over, on, during this series, and I encourage you to come each week. If you miss a week, you can go to the website. You can listen to it. If you have to be out of town or something like that, you can listen to it and kind of put this, saturate your mind with, with love, uh, uh, with the thoughts on love, what the Bible says about it. Sec- secondly, read about how Jesus loved others. Uh, there's a book back here, the, the Relationship Principles of Jesus, that we want all of you to have. Want all if, if everybody could be reading that, it would be wonderful. I think there's enough copies back there, everybody. If you're in a growth group right now, we're going to give you one free. And then we just ask you to buy the little $5 study guide. to and go along with it, but you get the book free. If you're not going to be in a growth group, you can't be in a growth group, they're just $10. So it's a very good price for a, for a, a, a very good book. But if like you get one of those, you just kind of put the extra $10 ducks in, the, in the thing. Next week, we're not going to keep track of it that much. Put it in a little basket back there. But just, we want you to have that book. We want you to be reading with us with little five, about a five-page chapter each day for 40 days. You read a chapter little five, four- or five-page chapter. It didn't take a long time, but, but be reading about it and find out how Jesus did it. So the third thing is discuss love with others. You want to discuss it. You want to talk about love. And that's where our growth groups come in. Talk about these things. You know, sometimes if you, you just hear it, it doesn't But when you process it and you talk about it and you interact with others, you see how others, others dealing with it, what they say about it, that really helps to get it into your heart and into your life. Um, Maybe you need to um, memorize. The fourth thing you can do is memorize and meditate on it. There's key verses. And there's going to be a verse each week. The verse this week is, Let love be your highest goal. That's an easy verse. Let love be your highest goal. You know, that's six or seven uh, words. That's in First uh, 1 Corinthians 14.1 in the, uh, the New uh, Living Translation. Let love be your highest goal. Memorize that verse. There will be other verses other weeks, but these will help you to move along in that progress. And then but the most important thing is practice it. Loving others. Do stuff. Take those actions to be loving towards other people. New skills will develop as we put them into practice. You've got to be with people. To love, you've got to be with people. You can't be a hermit. It's not holy to be a hermit and just be by yourself. You've got to kind of invest yourself in relationships and work on things if you really want to develop this and become better at this. So I encourage you to do that Develop friendships. There's a lot of people in this church that would like to develop friendships with you. But you've got to take some effort. You've got to arrange your schedules and come out to the groups and let us know. We'll help. We'll arrange schedules. We'll do whatever we can. We want to help you get connected with people who will encourage you and help you learn how to love others better. Now, we need God to help in this though. It's not going to be something that just comes from our trying hard and working hard. I mean, it's going to involve some work and time. But you really need to trust Christ to help you learn how to love. He can actually, it said, you know, He says uh, that that you are to love others as Jesus loved you. Huh. I can't do that. That's impossible. How can I love somebody like Jesus loved? That's impossible. Well, yeah, it is impossible on your own. But the fact is, and the good news of the New Testament is that the the new covenant is that Christ can live in you. Christ in you is your hope of glory. Christ in you is your hope of the possibility to be able to love with God's kind of love. He can do it in you and through you. But we've got to trust Him. We've got to invite Him into our life. We've got to surrender our life to Him as Lord of our lives. We've got to walk with Him moment by moment and day by day. And if we do that, He will lead us into how to grow in love for people. You will see progress, but you've got to trust Him. The prayer that... um, uh, in Philippians one nine, that Paul prayed. He says, this is my prayer for you, and this is my prayer for all of, all of us and myself. I need this myself as much as, as anybody does. I need to learn how to love more uh, and to, to express that love. Uh, this is my prayer for you, that your love will grow more and more and that you will have knowledge and understanding with your love. And it won't just be them feeling, but you'll understand and you'll take the right, you make the choices and you'll understand what love really is and how to apply it in your given situation. And it's difficult. We're all in different situations, all in different work situations, family situations. And you need to have wisdom from God on how to apply love in that situation. It's not necessarily easy. This is a, a prayer that you might want to uh, pray along with me in your heart. You don't have to say it out loud, but you might want to say something like this if this... Is something you want to do. What I talked about today, you might say something like this. Dear Jesus, I want to be more loving. I want to work on my relationships. I want to love you with all my heart. And I want to learn to love everybody else too. I want to be known as the most loving person that people know. So I'm going to take my primary value as my primary value in life I want to take, and my number one goal is to learn to love you and to love others. Lord, I've got a lot of hurts, things in my heart that need to be healed. I want to ask you to do that healing. I want you to fill me with your love, help me experience your love, so that I can give grace to others. Replace my hurts with your peace and with your forgiveness. I want to learn how to love you more, Jesus. And I commit myself to you the best I know how. Surrender myself to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you would take a few moments as the band comes up, uh, take a few moments to just reflect on this message and what God may be saying to you about love and about the relationships you have and what he wants you to do, you, you to do the next next 40 days as far as coming to church, maybe getting into a group. If you haven't been in a group before, um, Start reading that book, memorizing those scriptures, but be be thinking and praying about that. You can write on your card. Let us know something. I have some announcements in a moment.